Support for Always Sunny and Chiefs Kingdom is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you precision-engineered tools for your grooming experience. So Manscaped was kind enough to hook us up with their best-selling product, the Lawnmower 3.0, and no joke, you guys, this thing's slick. Uh, I'm not going to do an ad read for a company that I don't believe in personally, and I'm here to tell you that if you have any shaving needs for any hair on your body, this takes care of it. Uh, it's a great little, great little buzzer, great product. I'm a super hairy guy, and if I'm going to recommend a product on the show, it's going to be something that actually impresses me, and so consider me impressed. Here are the deets straight from the Manscaped ad copy. Their third generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 3.0, features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. The water resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower, which is pretty cool. Something that I haven't seen a lot of the razors and the LED light, um, it's built in right on the front of it and illuminates whatever you're shaving. So it's a great product. I'm a huge fan. Get 20% off and free shipping on your whole entire order if you use the promo code SUNNYNKC on the manscaped.com website. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use SUNNYNKC. And honestly, we need you guys to use this code to secure our deal with Manscaped long term. So please use the code. Let Austin and I know about it. We'll shout you out on the podcast. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. He said, "Oh, an epic discussion on their next episode of their podcast. We should, we should just, we should just, uh, we should just kick out the kick out the jams, draft them real quick, lightning style." My problem is that that I love all of these cookies. No, I know. Like, I, mean, I like I mean, Oreos the most, obviously. But like, obviously. but like after that, like, give me most cookies. Give me Nutter Butters. Give me Chips Ahoy. Give me, you know, like, like whatever. Like, I'll, I'll eat them. I'll love them. So maybe just to frame this discussion a little bit, one of our, our loyal listeners, Justin R. Orell, at Justin R. Orell, was asking us to discuss cookies. We had a discussion about Oreos the other day. Uh, they're, you know, the merits of, of the relative levels of stuff. <laughs> and he actually has prepared a tiered chart, which I'm going to tweet out. And we're just going to discuss. I mean, like, I, we could draft, but like you said, you love all cookies, and I also love all cookies, if we're being honest. I told him that my cookies would be S tier of Oreos and then A tier of every other cookie. So, like, totally fair. There's not a lot of nuance. Now, in my fatness. you had a pretty strong reaction, though, to a couple of things on here. Well, which, yeah. Like the sugar wafers. Yeah, those sugar were... wafers in F. So, you would have them in A. I mean, I like them. They're good. Um, I just wouldn't okay. put them in F. I, I, mm, I get. I get very, like, I just think that things taste good, a lot of things, and I don't really understand why people are like, oh, yeah, those are those are trash. Like, they, they taste great. So let's go through and re-rank these really quickly. So you would have literally Oreos in S and everything else in A. No, that's, not, <laughs> that's not very interesting. I'm, no, it's I'm, not at all. I'm going to dish out some some takes here real quick. So okay. he has peanut butter patties and, and Reese's Chips Ahoy. So the yes. chocolate peanut butter combination, that's a yes. great combination, Justin. Banger. I like where your head's at there. I, I think that's fine. I, I will say I'm not a huge fan of, I, I mean, they're, they're, they're both good. They're both good cookies. I probably wouldn't have them in S then going down to a tier. Justin really likes peanut butter. So he has grandma's peanut butter cookies, regular chips, Ahoy, I guess the chewy chips, Ahoy. Now chewy versus like hard cookies. Where, where do you land on that? I mean, chewy. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever met a person that, that likes <laughs> cookies? Like, because I feel like those. No, I've never met a Nazi, Austin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, 
He's got the Nutter Butters on there. Love Nutter Butters. Yeah, the, uh, the Entman's Chocolate Chip Cookies, which I, I don't know that I've ever had those, but um, I'm going to have to check them out. Yeah, I don't remember if I have. I don't think I have either. And then Milano Cookies. So where do you land on Milano Cookies? They're, they're fine. I mean, they're all, every cookie's an A tier, but no, I would, okay, okay. I guess I have a little bit more nuance. <laughs> I would drop Milano more than a lot of these other cookies. Okay. So then he lumped all tiers of Oreos and B, yeah. and we agree that that is, that is an trash take. That, trash <laughs> that so we're sorry, Justin, but those all belong in the S category, any yes. brand or size of Oreo. Now I like the, I like thin Oreos. Right. Uh, you like the more stuff, the better. You like the cream filling. I do. Uh, but we agree that Oreos are delicious. Yeah, give me an Oreo. In the I top mean, tier. You, you can decide how much stuff is in it, and I will like it. So then we've got the, the Thin Mints, which I think a lot of people would put higher. I don't know, I don't know what you think about Thin Mints. They're fine. I, I don't I, like mint. Yeah. Like, I don't oh, like mint ice cream. Okay. I don't like right. mint cookies. I don't, it's just not really my thing. So. so I only like mint combined with chocolate, but yeah. that I think is because I really like chocolate and <laughs> I guess, you tolerate the mint. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's what it is. And yeah. I think that, you know, the mint Oreos are pretty good. I don't mind those, but like, give me chocolate and peanut butter. If we're going to mm -hmm. pair chocolate with something every time. Mm -hmm. every time in the C tier, he's got the fudge stripes, the EL fudge elf, which cookies, those little, uh, those little, uh, yeah, cookie, the little cookie elves as Archer would call them. Yeah. Yeah, those are those are good. <laughs> yeah, Oatmeal cream pies, those are a staple. I mean, everybody, you know. Uh, so I actually buy the peanut butter cream pie version. Interesting. And okay. they're extremely good. Oh, I can believe that. Yeah. And then these frosted cookies. I, they just I look know. like grocery store frosted cookies to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think Meh. about grocery store frosted cookies? I mean, cookies? like, yeah, I like they're cookies, that. I'll eat them. Somebody brings them, and I'm like, sweet yeah. cookies, but like – yeah, I mean, I don't really, I don't really like frosting all that much. I don't know if yeah. that's if that's like a hot take, but I feel like a lot of people don't really like frosting. If I, if you're gonna fill it with like, put it on the inside so uh -huh. I can, you know, I can crunch into it. Yep. And get my, uh, you know, yep. it's same thing with like cake with a bunch of frosting. Like I like the cake more than I like the frosting on top of yeah, the cake. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. I don't know if that's just called adulthood or what, but yeah. Um, well, that's that's a sign that our tastes are maturing. I think. <laughs> so as then we we've debate got, the cookie. Well, you know, I mean, it's an interesting conversation that we're uh -huh. having. And then we've got in the D tier, Animal Cookies, Nilla Wafers, and Famous Samus Cookies. Now, I like Famous Samus Yeah, cookies. me too, a lot. <laughs> and we just talked about, you know, Chewy versus Crispy. Obviously, Famous Samus are, are crispy, but they yeah. are they are bite-sized. You know, you, you yeah. got them in a bag, so it's like built-in portion control, mm -hmm. which is uh, pretty important when you're doing I usually cookies. get them when I'm, like, on the go, so they're yeah. like a treat. Yeah. You know, like, I, right. you know, like oh, I'm going to get some Famous Samus out of this vending machine where I'm in a – yeah, like, I, I Yeah, love I can get cookies from a, yes. a vending machine at, you know, in the, the waiting Airport room or, of my – uh, yeah. you know, my dentist office or whatever, yep. right? Like yep. it's dentist. He'd love that. <laughs> yeah. He for sure would. Hey, hey dad, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, just called a dentist dent. I guess that it was doc. <laughs> sure. Doc, doctor, doctor, dentist. Uh, it's been a while since I've been to a dentist to be honest with you. So, you know, whatever. And then in the F tier, the pecan sandies. Yeah. I, I feel <laughs> Frank like would be offended. Yeah. You know, I feel like the, you know, they got another meaning, the, the sexual meaning. So like, I, I feel like they don't deserve to be in the F tier, but some of these cookies in the F tier, I, I don't know. I don't really like sugar wafers, Biscoff cookies, you know, you usually get those like on an airplane. Yeah. Uh, so like that's, that's kind of a fun thing. Um, I guess I, I mean, you know, uh, for for airplane food but just give me an oreo they come they come packaged <laughs> just give me an oreo you know, like you could that's what me... you should say for all these cookies yeah well that's true that's just that give me is, an oreo that is definitely true well if patrick mahomes is a cookie he would definitely be an oreo mm -hmm.
Welcome in, everybody, to It's Always Sunny in Chief's Kingdom. I used to do the episode numbers. I don't do that anymore. We've lost count. We've done too many. But welcome in. It's the second week of June. There's a lot going on in the world. There's a little going on in the world of football. We have a mailbag edition this week. We already uh, got uh, some material from our loyal listener, Justin R. Orell. So I hope you enjoyed the cookie banter, but we're going to get into uh, Chiefs-Broncos, which was a very fun game with some some very fun mic'd up segments. We'll get into that. And then we'll dive into our mailbag questions. I guess before we hit that, Taylor, we did have a little bit of news, um, just kind of news, continuing news, over. From, news, news, yeah, news, 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 news. Okay, I dropped the ball on that one. But That's all right. We, I got you. We had a, a little bit of news just continuing over from last week. We were talking about, um, obviously, Black Lives Matter and kind of how that relates to our Kansas City Chiefs. And since we we were last on the podcast, we had uh, the video come out with Patrick Mahomes and some of the other athletes really calling out the NFL. So I guess let's talk about that just for a second first, just because it is, it's relevant. I mean, it's the biggest news in sports. And I understand some of you are going to say stick to sports. That's fine. You can fast forward through this, whatever. Uh, but there was a really good article on the undefeated, uh, which is kind of an African-American sports website that basically said, you know, once Patrick Mahomes came on this video and said Black Lives Matter, the league had to do something, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, it was an awesome article, very, um, you know, illuminating as far as what the overall NFL feels about Patrick Mahomes, because we tend to have our rose colored glasses here and, you know, we we worship him air every the air he breathes like everything is great with pat but it's sometimes um interesting to see it from outside perspective and that was a very very you know just a great light to shine on pat and his impact in the league and the way that those other owners that clearly it wasn't just an uh, interview with clark hunt i mean it was you know people around the league and they talked about how if it weren't for pat they don't know really how the nfl would have handled this thing but the moment he stood up and he wasn't just part of the crowd. He was the guy that when it's said black lives matter for the first time in that video, it was Pat saying it. Uh, it, it was huge. It was huge for Pat and it was huge for the NFL. We talked about a lot of this stuff last week and I get that, that people are kind of tired of hearing it. Um, I know, you know, it's something that we need to talk about. We feel like it's important. Um, but the chiefs did talk about it this week too. And kind of just to build on that, you know, they had media availability this week and, and we're given the opportunity. Clark Hunt and uh, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes about that video and kind of the sentiments behind it. And, it, you know, again, it, just like I said last week, I'm not telling you you have to believe the same things politically that your your favorite athletes believe. But I really would urge you, you know, as a fan of the Chiefs, if you if you find yourself confused by kind of what's going on or you, you maybe you don't agree with what's going on, I really would urge you to kind of listen to what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and some of these guys are saying. Like, I understand they're athletes, they're coaches, but they they know a lot about, you know, race, for lack of a better word. I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes talked about it in his statement when he released it, you know, last week. It just, uh, I think it's something that we really, you know, I it just, we could all do better to listen more. And I think, um, I think that's all I have left really to say on it. Let's move on to the Broncos. Let's do it. So this was week 15, Chiefs-Broncos, Sunday, December 15th at Arrowhead. So we obviously, we were at the Chiefs-Broncos game at Mile High where Pat mm-hmm. got hurt. This was a much more enjoyable experience. <laughs> in, in any way that two things can be, you know, far opposite ends of enjoyment, this was it. 
so this was a snow game and I guess we should lead off with, I think my stance on snow games prior to this game was pretty well known. I came out pretty strongly on Twitter against the snow game. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't into it. I get that it is uh, cool visually to like kind of see the snow falling. And this was a very visually attractive game to watch uh, because you got floors of snow everywhere and it was very cool and it was very stimulating. Okay. That's fine. Give me that in Madden. My stance on it was, I just don't want it to affect my team, a team that's based around offense and passing the ball. And, you know, there are different schools of thought about, you know, whether it affects offense more or defense more or whatever, but like, if it were up to me, I would say every game, you know, if I could just wave a wand and say the Chiefs now have a dome, every game's going to be played in completely sterile conditions. That's what I would want. Yeah. But Patrick Mahomes converted me with this performance. Well, he does that. That's kind of his specialty is just making believers out of non-believers. And, That's exactly right. And he, uh, you know, well, you did say that there are, you know, a couple opposing thoughts on it. One is that the offense knows where they're going to cut and the defense does not. So that if the footing is unstable, the wide receivers have a better advantage on the defenders. Then the other side of the coin is that, but when the ball is in the air, the snow and the wind and, and the conditions and the cold affect the ball and you're not used to it. You don't play every, you know, every practice and every game in the snow. So it's just, there's some unfamiliarity there. Um, all that being said, I mean, Pat looked like he's played in the snow all of his life as a guy that, you know, grew up in Texas and, and didn't have a lot of exposure to cold weather games. Um, both this, his first NFL start in, in Denver, which was freezing and this start and some other ones, the Colts uh, game. In the yeah. The Colts game in the playoffs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the kid just is unflappable and he threw a dime to Tyreek to start the game off in dime that was the game that uh or no was that the pregame mic'd up where he was saying dime oh no he's that was done that before game. he's done that before but, but either way uh he he was you know, throwing dimes though he was he was throwing dimes because he knows no other denomination to throw but uh um, correct the chiefs were moving the ball this was the first meeting between patrick mahomes and drew lock which it was. was uh you know big deal for those of us around kansas city that um especially the missouri fans out there that watched him play college and he uh, he didn't exactly live up to the billing, did he? You know, I'm glad we're talking about Drew Locke because I've wanted to talk about Drew Locke for a while now. I I We've gotten to the point where Drew Locke is like in Broncos world where I live. is like the second coming of Patrick Mahomes. Like it, it is a very similar kind of hype train where they obviously, they, they did improve the talent around him. They went out and got a bunch of wide receivers and they, Signed Melvin Gordon, you know, they, they beefed up their line a little bit. Um, but we're talking about a five-game sample, and, you know, a lot of the guys, the, the pro football focus guys, people have mixed opinions on pro football focus. I get that. Sure. But there are a lot of analysts out there who have gone in and kind of broken down his tape who aren't wildly impressed with Drew Locke. And I'm not going to say that I've watched every snap that he's played, but I was not obviously not impressed by his performance in this game. This was his only loss in five starts. It was the only game in five starts where he did not throw a touchdown, but he, he just hasn't, I don't know. I mean, I don't see the processing speed necessarily there. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm just not, I'm not worried about him yet. We'll see, but this was a fun game. Obviously um, they were coming off of a huge win 
the previous week and kind of had were running a little bit of a hot streak. They had just beaten the Texans, who themselves had just beaten the Patriots. So Texans were feeling pretty good, got walloped by the Broncos 38-24 to the previous week. And then the Broncos came to Arrowhead, and we put them in their place. <laughs> yeah, and it was another just uh, another insertion that the Chiefs own the AFC West. There will be no competition there. It was a uh, vintage performance from both the offense and the defense, really. Um, everyone was clicking on both sides of the ball. They held Drew Locke to the, only the 200 yards passing with no touchdowns and a pick. They only held – or Denver only had 50 yards rushing, which was 32 from Lindsey and 12 from Royce Freeman. So they didn't do anything on the ground. Um, you know, Pat obviously had the, the touch, both touchdowns with Tyreek. Uh, he was running around. He looked pretty good. Um, it was just a very – feel good game for the chiefs from jump from the moment that they hit Tyreek to go up seven. It was just like the, the Denver just never, they never played with them. And um, it was very indicative of the type of game that Andy Reed, you know, preparing for a divisional opponent late in the year with everything on the line, because the chiefs had just come off the win in new England and they knew that, okay, we're alive for a bye. We have now, we've obviously got to win out at, nine and four at this point, but we're alive for it. And they brought everything that they could here and, and crushed the Broncos. Yeah. And you mentioned obviously the early touchdown to Tyreek, which was great to see. I mean, you know, we talked about Drew Locke and how he looked in this game. Not good. Patrick Mahomes, 27 to 34 for 340 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. And that's pretty good. 115 quarterback rating. Uh, that's pretty good. He really was just dropping dimes. And I mentioned he converted me. He said, and I'm sure all of you have seen this, but if you haven't, <laughs> go check out the mic'd up from this game. Patrick Mahomes was mic'd up. And he's always hilarious to watch. I mean, he's great. You mentioned when he was out dropping dimes, dime, dime, dime. Saying dime after every throw in practice, which is hilarious. This was like the the most wholesome, fun mic'd up of the season. He's got it. He's out there. You know, that this was the game where he asked, you know, did I look like Lamar? Did I look yeah. like Lamar out there on that he two was, pointer uh, to Sammy, right? Is that when, yes. yeah. Yes. Cause when he, he was just, he did a juke. He did a juke in the snow, you know, he like did. he's, he's good. He, he, was he didn't fall down. He kept his balance. Uh, and he was out there singing Feliz Navidad. Yeah. That was uh, great. It was great. And then he, he said, he's a snow game guy, which mm-hmm. is hilarious because like you said, I mean, he grew up in Texas. He, the only snow game that I'm aware of, I don't think he ever played in college, uh, but the only snow game that he had played prior to this was the the Colts game in the playoffs. And that was kind of a snow game. I mean, there was snow on the field that the conditions before the game were awful. Like it yeah. was snowing all morning. The roads were a mess. We were at As that we game. As we remember, yeah. Yes. But during the game, I mean, you know, there was some scattered snow on the field, but it wasn't like pouring down snow through the entire game like it was in this game. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, he – his opinion of it as, as per the mic'd up, you know, he says like, well, I'm just back there, you know, like everything's going so slow and I'm just back there like boop from the pocket. <laughs> Those are the words that he used to describe yeah. playing in the snow. And it's, it's great. I mean, like, it's so cool to have one of the things they brought up in that undefeated article was this is the first time probably in NFL history that a, just like a straight kind of drop back pocket passer is the best quarterback in the NFL and also a black quarterback. Yeah. And like, he he is that like it's 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 crazy and he obviously showed off his moves he he had some 
some rush yards in this game, three attempts for 11 yards. He obviously had the elusiveness on the two-point conversion. But, like, he just beat the Broncos from the pocket in this game. And it's amazing, you know, you think about all the moments, obviously, in the playoffs where he uses his legs against Tennessee and uh, in the Super Bowl. But, I mean – keep him in the pocket right like that was one of the one of the jokes that you and I had you know all of his his first year as a starter where they're like well just keep him in the pocket it's like mm-hmm. bro he was the best quarterback in the NFL from the pocket that year yeah so it's just it's fun to have these games where like the conditions aren't great but like he just gets to sit in the pocket protection's good and just drop dimes what's great about Pat is that he is the best quarterback in football at every situation a quarterback can be in That's and true. you know I mean he is he is money against blitz. He's money against zone. He's money against man. He's money in the snow. He's money on the run. He, everything that this kid, that a quarterback gets into a situation, he not only does well in them, but he's the best in football at it. And he just has no holes in his game. And it's crazy that he ended his second season starting as that complete of a player. Now, every player in every sport, in every profession, everyone can get better. So it's not that he has reached a ceiling. It's just that his floor is so high that, you know, you throw him out in the snow on, you know, you, whatever condition you have. He's like, again, this is the second time we've brought this up, but like Ender Wigan in Ender's Game, where yes. the more conditions you throw at him, he thrives. He, he elevates his own game to match the situation and – I wouldn't be surprised at all if somebody put two defenses out there and he went up against 20 or 44 guys on defense and could make plays and could, you know, he just, he hasn't ever ceased to amaze me. And uh, I just, every time we recap one of his games and I go back and I watch the highlights and I, I put myself in the mind of what I was thinking as I was watching that, he just amazes me week after week. And it's impossible that he's the chief starting quarterback. And yet here he is. This was a fun game too. We kind of talked about obviously drew lock is measuring stick, but uh, yeah. Cortland Sutton decided he was going to chirp a little bit before this game. Yeah. He had a very Lucas Duda esque quote <laughs> where he said, if we go in and not if, when we go in and take care of business in Kansas city, it's definitely going to shake up the division a little bit. <laughs> Which is, I'm referring, of course, to when Lucas Duda said, if I make that throw, who knows what would have happened when the throw that he would have made to get Eric Hosmer out at the plate in the ninth inning of the World Series would have won the game. Right. So We know what would have happened. We know what would have happened. And Cortland, we already clinched the AFC West. It was not going to shake shake up up the division at all, except maybe at the bottom. But he... (laughs) He he chirped about it, and then he chirped about it after they lost the game, too. He, he talked about how much he hates losing to the Chiefs, just yeah. he hates losing to the Chiefs. I hate the Chiefs. It's funny because, like, I, Cortland Sutton, like, okay, where'd, where'd that come from? Like, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, he's fine, I guess, but, like, the, the Broncos are so irrelevant to us. It's just weird to hear people, you know, kind of chirping like that. I, I just yeah. – I don't know. I don't get it, but – can you explain to me if 10 targets and four receptions with two drops, is that good? It's not great. It's, mm. it's not fantastic. I mean, you mm. know, it's, it's not. Is that taking care of business? It's not taking care of business. It's scoring three points is definitely not taking care of business. <laughs> that, is, that is the opposite of taking care of business. Ugh. So poor Cortland Sutton, you know, you're going to have to wait until 2020 to shake up the division. 
Good luck with mm, that. Might have to wait a little bit longer than that. Yeah, yeah. So we should probably talk a little bit about the defense before we move on from this game. We obviously have spent a lot of time talking about the defense, which is a, a wonderful, beautiful thing. Yeah. As Andy would say, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> uh, the defense was great in this game. Uh, Tyron almost had an interception, and then Thornhill did get did. an interception. Yeah. Uh, there were Tyron did get a sack in this game, which was mm-hmm. terrific. Caught up to Locke on a scramble from Hine, took him down, which was just fantastic. Took him down by the ankle. Okafer had a sack in this game. And the Broncos just, they couldn't move the ball. I mean, they had 250 total yards and they had three points. You know I mean? It's funny to hear Broncos fans talk about this game because they're like, oh, well, Drew Locke didn't play that well, but like, you know, it was a, it was a snowstorm. I was like, Bro. Not for us. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Okay. I guess. I guess if it hadn't been a snowstorm, all those times we kicked field goals, we would have scored mm. touchdowns instead. So good point. You know, it would have been like fifty to fourteen instead of twenty-three to three. Whatever, man. But yeah. Uh, the defense again was great in this game. Um, it was fun to see. Obviously, uh, Bob Sutton, or not Bob Sutton, but Ooh. Steve Spagnuolo instead of Bob Sutton. I got ahead of myself. I was going to say it was fun to have a defensive coordinator who came in and made a rookie quarterback look like a rookie quarterback. Yes. And just be able to show him things that he has not seen before. You know, like you're not at Missouri anymore, buddy. And just give him, give him new looks, make him look like a rookie. And he absolutely did that. So that was great to see. Having a defensive coordinator that is actually an intellectual superior is, is baffling. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's such a luxury for the Chiefs because they are so far ahead of every other team on offense that if you can just have a defense that can just keep up with people, then you win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's the moral of the story. And yeah, yeah. fortunately, um, I, everything's set up to continue to do that. And yeah, uh, Spags is he's a godsend. The the way that he built this defense from the ground up. This is the point now where you know, snapshot of the season, we're feeling pretty good about the defense. Oh, yeah. I mean, this has been now Real five good. weeks in a row or four weeks in a row where we've been like, okay, these guys are right. These guys can ball. I know they were struggling early on in the year. Everyone was getting things figured out. Frank Clark was hurt and, you know, things weren't really gelling. But now that they started to gel, we could see into the future and we could see a situation in which this team was complete enough to win the Super Bowl which yep. we didn't really have at any point in 2018 at all. Yeah, I would say it really started to come together, obviously, with the the previous week's win against the Patriots. And then, you know, for them to come out and put together really a pretty dominant performance against the Broncos and for everybody to come out of the game healthy, you know, come out of it pretty unscathed to just mm-hmm. put a beat down on the Broncos in the snow. It cracks me up every time. We have to go back <laughs> to the uh, – to the mic'd up segment where Pat's giving his pregame speech. And literally every time I listen to it, it makes me laugh where he's, he's doing his little pregame speech and he goes, we got some great weather. We got some <laughs> great opponents. And I was like, come on, Pat. And they're like, no, no, you don't like, I, I get it. He's fired up. You know, you, you gotta, gotta, you gotta show it. some respect to your opponent, yeah. but come on. It's, it's, the Bron- it's the Broncos, right? Like, uh, yeah, it was great though. I feel like at some point we should, we, we need to make like a, we need to make like a Pat Mahomes like soundboard so we can do like pregame speeches. They're always the same, you know, fly around, play together, yeah. make plays, dominate on three, dominate today. Just a, a little word salad, but it's great. I mean, it's, it gets me fired up every single time, including this time. And I'm so glad that we have, you know, him singing Feliz Navidad to go back to 
Oh, and I left out my favorite part of the mic up, which is him laughing when yes. he, he says, yes. give me my helmet. <laughs> <laughs> incredible. It's incredible. Uh, uh, you know, any, I never, anything else you want to say about this game? I never really um, got the Kermit the Frog references. Every time anyone no. said he sounds like Kermit the Frog, it sounds like someone who hasn't heard Kermit the Frog speak. That's Because, you know, he's, yeah, I'm Kermit the Frog. And that's not how Pat sounds at all. But no, not at all. I would say maybe like Fozzie Bear or someone, you know, he like a Muppet is fine. If you want to say he sounds like a Muppet, I'm, I'm fine with that. But like pick a Muppet that actually sounds like him. That is my final thought on <laughs> Chiefs versus Broncos is uh, Patrick Mahomes, a Muppet, but not Kermit. Yes, exactly. So we got a mailbag. We you did. Wanna, you want to yeah. jump into that? You yep. want to answer our listener questions? Thank yeah. you up front. For everybody that submitted questions, we totally appreciate your support. Go check out our sponsor. You heard the uh, the ad read. We're going to shout you out. We're going to answer your questions. You want to start us off, Taylor? Yep, yep. So um, uh, one of the questions that we got was from Kevin Meyer at KC Chem Guy. Hi, Kevin. And uh, he asked us who is the first time who would be a first time Pro Bowler this year, and who would possibly be a surprise underperformer. Um, I really liked the direction that. Juan Thornhill was heading in last year. Obviously the injury was too bad and he's not really, it depends on how quickly he's going to be ready this year, but if he's ready to go, uh, he's going to be a big factor in the safe in the secondary in his second year. And I could for sure see him getting some love for a pro bowl nod um, this year. And I would say maybe he would be a surprise just because everyone else who seems to be on the pro bowl radar is kind of like a guy that, doesn't really surprise you. So uh, he's who I would answer for that. And then for underperformer, it hurts me to say it, but I think maybe with all the contract stuff going on, Chris Jones might not be prepared to live up to that type of hype for him mm-hmm. again. Um, I love Chris Jones to death. I just think that if you, if you're picking a surprise underperformer, you got to pick somebody that we expect to perform at a high level and that would surprise you if they don't. And it just, he, he might, he might be a guy that takes a step back with all the contract stuff going on. So technically it's a surprise underperformer, but also just a first time pro bowler. So it doesn't necessarily, the first part of it doesn't necessarily call for a surprise. So I'm going to take an easy answer here and I'm going to go with a guy who should have made the pro bowl many times prior to now. And that's Mitchell Schwartz nice. who somehow I, has never been a pro bowler. He's been an all pro slam dunk answer. Yeah but has never been been to a Pro Bowl, which just goes to show you how silly the Pro Bowl is. But uh, Mitchell Schwartz, never been to a Pro Bowl. Derek Carr has been to more than one. So um, Good good pick there. Surprise underperformer. I think um, Chris Jones would would certainly would be a surprise. I was going to stick on the offensive line and say maybe Eric Fisher, um, a guy who's played at a a, certainly an above average left tackle, but uh, somebody who with his age – and he had, I mean, a pretty significant injury, obviously he came back from it, the core muscle injury this past year huh? and, and should be healthy, but with his age and, you know, just being a left tackle, the position he plays at, uh, I could see him maybe dropping off a little bit, hopefully not, but, uh, sure. but that, that'd be my pick. I've got one from longtime listener, Andrew Whiteside at OU underscore SAS. If we were pulling down statues of slave traders, what statues would you put in their place? Need both the chiefs and a non chiefs option. So this is topical because people are pulling down statues of slave traders and Christopher Columbus and just generally undesirable bad people who shouldn't have statues. So I'll take the non-chiefs option and then you can maybe circle around with the chiefs option. Sure. Uh, 
non-chiefs option if you guys follow me on twitter at real bird lawyer uh, <laughs> one of the things that i tweet about when i'm not tweeting about football is like civil war history which i find pretty interesting uh confederate statues are are participation trophies they're ridiculous they actually weren't even really put up you know contemporarily with the war they were put up sometime later to sort of justify the fact that the south were a bunch of dirty traders and they seceded from the union <laughs> sort of to justify their own conduct to themselves and to their future generations so i say just replace them all with statues of union generals uh ulysses s grant who uh really was an underrated general big uh, victim taylor of the uh, confederate smear campaign after the war they were like you know grant he's just drunk all the time he just won because he had more troops not true he actually lost a lower percentage of his troops than Robert E. Lee Taylor. Dang. He actually was a stats. very good. He was a very good. Yes, all right. I'll bring the stats. It was John Elway, whether it's Robert E. Lee, U.S. Grant. I'll bring the stats. I'll bring the heat. So, yeah, just replace him with, you know, real actual war heroes and not, nice. you know, traitors and, and clowns. That is a perfect answer. And Lee also was totally okay with the idea of the Confederates just just fading away into oblivion and never being remembered and never like that was part of the secession was that he was okay with there not being any statues or commemorations because they lost and they were, you know, it was a civil war. It just, yeah. I don't understand people that glorify the Confederates. It's dumb. You don't see statues of Hitler in Germany. No. And, so. and, and yet the history is not erased. It's not somehow erased. they think that we only remember our history by looking at statues. It, it's I, not I, erased. It's still there. Everybody still knows the Germans did the Holocaust and lost World War II, despite the fact statues. that there are no Hitler statues in Germany. So, so chief's option. Who, uh, what chief are we putting up in their so place? I mean, obviously. I, I mean, right. Like, <laughs> like there's no other answer here other than Pat Mahomes, clearly as the as the number one. But some some very worthy candidates would be these, these would be my top five chiefs that I would turn into statues. Pat one, Andy two, Lamar Hunt three, Derek Thomas four, Tony Gonzalez five. I think those would be um, very chief worthy statues. And, you know, Pat will get a statue. I don't know whether it'll be here or Canton or the moon or, you know, probably whatever, all probably all of those places. Probably right? also Lubbock the, and Lubbock. Yeah. 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 All, all of the places everywhere yeah. he's ever gone and done He'll, anything. You'll probably have a statue outside of everybody else's stadium. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The houses that Pat built. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're talking about statues going up by the, uh, the winners, you know, every other league or every other team in the league is going to be, is going to be subjugated, you know, by yeah. Patrick Mahomes. They're going to have to put up a statue to him in defeat like they're gonna have to honor their new overlord so plus eventually when he becomes the president of the united states and he becomes the mm -hmm. best president that's ever lived they're for sure gonna put a statue up of him in yeah, washington like, for all of his political accomplishments so absolutely so he's an easy one and then obviously andy and lamar the two best leaders in chief's history i mean those would be no-brainers also and then two of the best players ever including and i think derek you know the the death probably elevates him in some fans minds you know i mean i don't know if we would think of Derek thomas the way we think of him if he was still alive today obviously we would all still know that he was one of the greatest linebackers of all time but it's a there's an emotional draw to that that you're, yeah. you you want to honor him you know you want to he it was tragic and everyone was heartbroken so i think that would be um that would be my statue choices so our next 
question that we had was from Zach the Layman Stan. Hi Zach at the Layman's Stan or at sorry at the Layman's terms, and he said, "What three starters for the Chiefs do you wish you could trade with three starters from another team?" So you have to pick one other team out, swap the starters. Um, this was already kind of a slam dunk answer before I even got to the question, and one of the replies said the Colts, which that makes. A lot of sense because three holes or at least semi-holes that the Chiefs roster has, the Colts have strengths in, and that would be at left guard, we could swap Andrew Wiley for Quentin Nelson. Pretty good upgrade there. At center, um, Austin Ryder for their center, Ryan Kelly, who is a very, very good center. I'm not super into center scouting by any means, but um, he's well, well regarded around the league. And then one of the best young linebackers in football, if not the best linebacker, Darius Leonard, uh, could swap him for take your pick, but probably Anthony Hitchens. Um, so the Colts fit a lot. I more did this based on chiefs holes and then finding a team that could plug them in. I mean, obviously, sure. you know, you swap Aaron Donald for, you know, Derek naughty or something. I mean, yeah, you could do stuff like that, or, but he's not a starter. So either way, uh, that would be Colts would be my pick there. That completely makes sense. I can't disagree with that at all. Yeah. Uh, I And, you know, I mean, it depends, right? Like whether you view this exercise as like you can wave a magic wand and, and make the trade happen or whether it has to be like a realistic trade. But I think you could make you could make something happen there. You know, we sure. got we got a we got a mole over there and uh, Chris Ballard. <laughs> we so do. we could secret we could, chief. Yeah. yeah, we could make it work. Yeah. So thank you for that question, Zach. We appreciate that as always. Uh, here we got one from Championship Swagger at Brandon422. Extend one, keep one, release one. And our candidates are Darwin Thompson, Rashad Fenton, and Gary Dieter. So I'm going to start with extension. And I'm going to extend Rashad Fenton because Rashad Fenton plays a more valuable position than either of these other two. He's he's decent. Uh, Gary Dieter I'm keeping because he's like the team mascot. I know mm-hmm. that he doesn't uh, really <laughs> contribute anything on the field, but he is our quarterback's best friend and he doesn't cost anything really to keep around. Right. He's just kind of, you know, hanging out on the practice squad and occasionally bumping up, you know, he had a catch against the Colts a couple years ago in the playoffs. He did. Uh, he's always working out. He was working out with Tyreek uh, last year during Tyreek's kind of sabbatical um, away from the team for, you know, legal reasons, which turned out to be fine. Uh, so he's a good dude. I'd love to keep him around, but he's kind of, he's kind of keeping, he's staying around, you know, he's, he's kind of a buddy. And then that leaves Darwin Thompson who, you know, I like Darwin, but we now have like, uh, the good version of Darwin, (laughs) you know, like a small guy who's like kind of shifty and good at running and pretty strong for his size. And that's Mm -hmm. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So now that we have a list Darwin Thompson in the fold. I don't know. See you, Darwin. I'm sorry, but you're you're gone. Yeah, yeah. I think between the three, that list all makes sense. Uh, Dieter was just in a Billy Quash video this week that Pat was throwing to him, so he's still very ingrained uh, socially with the team for sure. And I agree with you that Fenton would be the guy to extend of everybody. The other two, I mean, you know, on the field wise, Thompson and Dieter don't really add much. Um, Fenton yeah. does, so that's your extension. And then between cutting Darwin or cutting Dieter, let's keep the quarterback happy. Right. Sounds good to me. Seems to make sense. Um, Let's see. So we then had this one here was kind of a two parter from uh, Jordan Scarron at MRJ one, one, two, eight. 
And he said, I would love to hear what you guys think our next Walter Payton man of the year will be now that Dustin Colquitt's gone and his vote goes to Tyron Matthew. Uh, can't argue with that at all. The guys love Tyron. Obviously, Pat would, would yeah. be a fun and good choice there too. Pat's obviously uh, as involved with the community and, and worthy of the award. But I don't know. I, you don't see a lot of starting quarterbacks nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Sure. I don't know what the deal is there. I don't know if maybe people just wanted – you know, the quarterbacks get enough shine – in the around the NFL for everything else, maybe people kind of figure, all right, we'll we'll give somebody else the love there. But if not Pat, uh, I think Jordan's on the right path there with Tyron for sure. Yeah, I think Tyron, I, I mean, we're blessed to have, for all the crap that people opposing fans, Raiders fans, Broncos fans, mm-hmm. Chargers fan, uh, for <laughs> all the crap that they give us about, you know, whatever, our guys having checkered pasts, we've got a lot of really good dudes on this team. Yeah. Tyron's been doing some really neat stuff lately, uh, partnering with, I think it maybe is Capital One. He's doing some stuff for COVID mm-hmm. relief. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyreek just did some stuff for COVID relief not that long ago. Obviously, Pat and Tyron. Um, Chris Jones is a great guy. NFL video. Yeah, Chris Jones. Uh, Pat and Tyron are, are going to do like a voter registration drive, yeah. which is yep. fascinating and amazing. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, we got a lot of good candidates. You're right that it seems like it's usually a less famous player. Like it's never the the most famous guy on the team, the biggest star on the team, but maybe it will be. I mean, you know, yeah. those guys are out there and, and they're visible and they're they're doing a lot of good in the community. So that's great. <laughs> the second part of this. Yeah. If you had to eat cat or dog food for the rest of your life, which would it be? Thanks, Jordan. Uh, I I guess I'm picking cat food um, because <laughs> like I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we know it's okay because Charlie eats it. Yeah. But also, I think I, I I don't know. There's obviously there's different varieties of cat food. The thing about dog food is like I mean we're talking about like dry dog food that would be very gross. To guess eat. you didn't specify. Wet dog food seems gross too, though. Well, I know. And they both seem and really gross. Wet cat food also seems gross, but I feel like wet cat food of the, the possible options here would probably be the most tolerable <laughs> option. Yeah, none of them are tolerable. Um, the only thing I was thinking was that dogs are much larger than cats, and I don't know if feeding a 200-plus pound human being cat food would would be able to, you know sustain it i guess i mean the you know lose a lot of weight my dog's over 100 pounds he's a big boy and he does fine on dog food so i don't know that was my only my only question there was if it would even physiologically make sense to eat cat food as human but fortunately we will never have to find (laughs) out it's a it's a good question though jordan we appreciate uh we appreciate that you can tell that uh you can tell that there's not a lot going on in the football world. <laughs> We've got yeah. some some, uh, some very interesting non-football questions to ponder this week, which is fine. We're 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 getting closer all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so now we have Garrick Baldwin at Baldwin under Garrick. Hi, Garrick. He asked what our top five pump-up songs are. Um, kind of hard to pull, you know. I mean, uh, I definitely some couple that I came up with were. Ushers, yeah, that song will get me dancing every single time. Uh, Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Part 2. I know sure. we all hate Gary Glitter, but we all love Rock and Roll Part 2. So yeah. I super wish that that made its way back to Arrowhead. But they're going well, to do, do Five Feet Right to Party. You know, the, yeah. uh, the comeback, the Joker, you know, that's, it, that's the start of the, the road back for Gary Glitter, man. Uh, you know, convicted child rapist or whatever he is. And I guess he doesn't get any, any 
uh, royalties for the song anymore. He sold those before he was convicted, but yeah. it's the association. It's just that people don't the implication. Even, yeah, it is the implication, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is in danger, but you know, hard hard to tell people that get mad at that. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers can't stop. Love that song. Eminem's "Lose Yourself" and ACDC's "Ah Ah 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 Every Time." It's a classic. Uh, I don't know that I have five like off the top of my head, but I'll give a couple. So there's a great uh, Swedish band that's literally called Swedish Hits with a Z plays metal. (laughs) And they just do metal covers of Swedish bands, primarily ABBA, because that's the Swedish band that everybody knows. So you could go Google uh, Swedish Hits plays metal. The winner takes it all. That's a classic. Uh, It is a power metal cover of the ABBA song, The Winner Takes It All. So that's a very good one. That really, I mean, it's got a nice soft piano kind of intro. And then obviously it really cranks up a notch. (laughs) Uh, I really like the Ennio Morricone song, The Ecstasy of Gold from the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's a oh, very sure. famous, famous scene in that. And it's got, you know, the vocals and the guitars and it's just, it's very, uh, you know, it swells. That was a song actually um, at my wedding, which you were, you were an usher in. They, uh, was. we played that when the wedding party came in and then my wife and I came out to the, uh, the throne room and finale by John Williams from star Wars episode four. So that's, you know, that's, that's a good kind of, that's more of a celebration song than a hype song. I tell you when I go into trial, I will always play that, Swedish hits plays metal song and then you know when I win I like to celebrate with little little Star Wars you know imagine like I'm up there just blowing up the Death Star getting a medal so getting your medal yeah right yeah we appreciate that Garrick just a a little window into who we are (laughs) (laughs) oh he did have a follow-up he said one more long story short I have $450 in StubHub credit since a concert got canceled 450 wow uh how would you use that in Chiefs tickets uh given that we might miss some games with fans in the seats man Uh, i guess i guess we don't know right like save it playoff tickets i mean playoff tickets are more expensive they're better games um or more meaningful at least i know it's hard to tell chiefs fans that playoffs are the time to go to the game but these days it is i mean that's the you know the the chiefs of the past are done they're dead we we are no longer the playoff chokers we are now the super bowl champions and you should use your fandom accordingly and go to Arrowhead. Yeah. 450 bucks will get you a good playoff ticket too. I mean, you know, it'll get you, get you. Oh yeah. For sure. I I mean, I assume that that would maybe be for a couple people there because. Yeah. Treat yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Right. 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 You go to the next AFC championship game at Arrowhead with that 450 (laughs) bucks, that 450 bucks for the AFC championship game will probably get you in the upper deck, Yeah, but probably worth it to see us go to the second Super Bowl in a row. Right. So that's what I do if it were me. Agreed. Uh, we've got a question from our man, Vitamin J, all juice for the Yahoo podcast. Vitamin juice. And vitamin juice and, uh, and whatever our version of all juice is for this podcast, longtime listener, we appreciate you, Vitamin J. If you're in charge of hiring a new Monday Night Football crew for ESPN with no restrictions, who would you pick? I'm going to go outside of the box here, Taylor. I'd pick myself. That would be a sweet gig. <laughs> that would probably. Be a sweet gig. I mean, I would for sure get fired after one season because, like, I have no experience. They'd pull you football. at the end of the first quarter. But I, I mean, literally would just be like, yeah, I'd just be talking about how cool Patrick Mahomes is. I'm right. like, you know what? This game sucks. It'd get be Patrick a Bears Mahomes Packers game, and yeah, yeah like yeah. these quarterbacks are awful. These are a joke. 
but that's what I would do, vitamin J. I realize that's a little bit of a loophole, but no restrictions. He said no, no restrictions. restrictions. You're playing no by his rules. And you know um, what? I'll give a I'll give my I'll give a I'll give a broadcast partner for myself. I'm gonna give myself a broadcast partner, and it's gonna be our mutual friend, vitamin J, Therese. Therese Paler, put him in the booth. That guy's awesome. He could do anything. He actually probably could. He could be a money. Right. Like he yes. he does yes. Instagram videos. He's obviously he's hey, very he's super qualified. Yeah, of course. He would uh he would be great. So me and Therese and Vitamin J will throw you in there as well. You're going to be in the Boogermobile. You, me, Therese, that's my pick. Good situation. I like it. Uh, I would go Peyton Manning and Tony Romo. I think that, I mean, that obviously going traditional with it, but they would be a super fun combo. Two quarterbacks that are really personable and know what they're talking about. And um, I would do Peyton on color and Tony on play-by-play and just sit back and watch the good, good vibes roll. Um, Next, we have – I'll do this one from uh, Roan at Roan Evans. He said, rank the top five Chiefs in order of importance to the team, excluding Mahomes. Hmm. Uh, interesting, you know, uh, exercise there. A um, lot of directions you can go with it. I wouldn't I, – I don't feel, I guess, super strongly about this order, but um, I think the five players are pretty – easy to pick. Uh, my first guy, I would go with Tyreek. I think the offense is a completely different animal, even with everyone else healthy, if Tyreek's not out there. So um, I think he gives the Chiefs the biggest advantage at any position. Um, next on the defense, Tyron Matthew is so important to everything they do from leadership to communication, to versatility, to, to the just the locker room presence and everything. He's been as good of an addition of a free agent addition as the Chiefs have ever had. So I would go Tyron too. Um, importance also has to do with how much the team has invested in a player and the team invested a ton in Frank Clark in both the trade value and the contract. Um, he obviously is a, is a big piece and he lives up to the value and all that, but I would put him at third most important player on the roster just based on what the Chiefs had paid for Clark um and then four, and what's behind him too i mean not a lot of depth yeah there. true so. true he's a he's a, a pro bowl talent at the starting d line and then after him it's not like we just can plug anybody else in there good point yeah edge rushers were a little little thin taco right. taco's gonna surprise us yeah but. taco charlton that's right uh he was my number four no i'm kidding uh <laughs> i would go with kelsey at four uh his his leadership and and the just the middle of the field dominance that he has on offense and uh, his his value to the franchise. He's been one of the top players in franchise history. Uh, Kelsey's great. And then I would round it out with Chris Jones for the same type of reason as Frank with the depth on D-line, but also Chris is capable of dominating a game the way that very few single individual players not named Pat Mahomes on the roster are capable of. And he's extremely valuable. And I'm super, super hoping that after the, before the season starts that we have some, clarity on Chris Jones yeah I think the five players you named Tyreek Tyron Clark uh, Kelsey and CJ for sure are the the five in whatever order I mean I probably would bump uh, yeah it's hard I mean I think they're all they're all very important players Um, I you know the only other people really that would be in the conversation I would think would be maybe the tackles yeah, uh, the, Fisher, the, we've used Fish. a one on him, and yes. he's the left tackle in yeah, protecting Fish the most Schwartz. important player in football. So, yeah. But, you know, with the offensive line, it's kind of like 
we obviously have seen what injuries to the offensive line can kind of do. We, we missed fish badly when he was out mm-hmm. last year and mm-hmm. you know, Schwartz was out for a, a drive basically. And we missed him on that drive. Uh, but the offensive line is such a unit. It's kind of hard to say, you know, this right. guy or that guy is more important than the other guys. on the I line. certainly so, thought about fish, but I wasn't sure if any of the people on the list deserve to be kicked out for him. You know, I mean, fair. he would be right there on the, on the six line, but he only asked for five. So thanks, Roan, for that question. Uh, we've got a Patriots fan, which I thought was interesting. Oh, yeah. Hi, Mal. Thanks for listening Mal. to the show yep. at Mal Drinks Beer. Uh, as a real Pats fan, which I guess maybe he's throwing shade at Patriots fans that are not <laughs> considered real Pats fans, which if we were had to deal with that, I totally get the frustration. Oh, we're going we're gonna to have to deal with we that. We are going to have to deal with that, and we have a little bit so far, but that's okay. That's a good problem. But, you know, yeah, every, everybody wants to, to like your team. That's a good problem. So right. consider yourself lucky, Mal. You saw the best dynasty in sports. It has died, but you did get to see it. As and it's going to be replaced, but it yeah, was, right. you, had, you, had a good, you had a good run. You had a good run. As a real Pats fan, I know for a fact that having Brady was the best, but having a great D was better. Mahomes is the best player in the game and can make mediocre weapons into all pros. Would you rather see the Chiefs put some serious coin into the D at the expense of big-name weapons? No. Um, I don't want to play everyone else's game. Everyone else's game is to round your roster out and to plug yep. holes and to get guys that are good enough to play, but never dominate in any one facet of the game. You have exceptions to that, obviously, but most teams are trying to round their roster and the chiefs are trying to, you know, assemble the best group of offensive talent that the game has ever known. And if that means that they have to take some lumps on defense in order to do it. Um, I think that formula has proven pretty well, especially obviously last season, but even in 18, honestly, that defense was terrible and they were six inches away from the Super Bowl. So yeah. like, even though it didn't end up working, if you reran that season 10 times, the chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl a couple of those times. So, I mean, yeah, at least two or three times, at least. Sure. Right. So that being said, uh, no, I understand the the thought process and the philosophy there, but uh, give me give me dominant offense and an okay defense instead of pretty good on both sides. You're never going to win with pretty good. You got you got to dominate. Yeah, I mean, I think my philosophy is the same. Sorry to bore you guys. I, we've had some comments that Taylor and I agree too much. It's just <laughs> that we're we're of like mind on many yeah. issues. I'm doing a. You probably saw that ESPN project, for lack of a better word, that they did <laughs> earlier this week, where they redrafted the entire NFL and Adam Teicher picked. Stephon Gilmore and two running backs and Tyrod Taylor with his four picks. So nice. thanks for that, Adam. Jeez. We appreciate that. You uh, given Chiefs Kingdom a great name out there. So I was uh, tapped to do just it's a little Twitter project with some some draft nicks and uh, our follower Bam Bam at Bam Bam eighty one oh nine. We are redrafting for the Chiefs right now. Jeff Schwartz is in here. A couple other names you might recognize. We're drafting for the Chiefs and we. Drafted 32 and then 33. It's a snake draft, so it's a little bit different, but you know, just the whole kinda, thing's a little bit different. It's a weird, yeah, it's a weird, weird exercise. But yeah. just to your point, you know, we ended up at the end of the first round, obviously. And what we did was we selected Tyreek Hill and Michael Thomas. Ooh, and dirty. I didn't hear that. We don't even have a quarterback yet because the first 17 picks were quarterbacks. Right. But, you know, it was like we could we could have drafted like Derek Carr and I don't know, like Chandler Jones or something like that or Stephon Gilmore. But screw that. Like be elite at something. OK, yeah. so like our team has, you know, try try guarding Michael Thomas entire kill. It almost doesn't even matter who our quarterback is. But I agree with that. Like, I think you 
you want to be elite at something. And I think the reason you want to be elite at something is if you do something better than the other team does, just you get to dictate how the game is played. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. with the Chiefs, their offense is elite. We have the best quarterback. We have the fastest wide receivers in the NFL. That means every week the other team is preparing for us. And it's like, what are we going to do? We know what the Chiefs do, and right. we have to adapt to that and not the other way around. And I think when you when you get into a position where you know, you, you're pretty good at a lot of different positions, that's fine. But then you go into a game where the other team has the advantage, you're adapting to them. And I think – when you have a coach like Andy Reid, especially, you know, a great head coach and offensive innovator, when you give him the talent to be able to stay ahead of teams all the time, that just, I mean, it, it just is such an advantage yeah. to have mismatches like that. So I, I'm in complete agreement there. I think, I think there's an argument to be made though. You know, I think the chiefs can spend on the offensive side of the ball. What we've seen the last couple of drafts is they've been a little bit more defense heavy def or defense heavy in the draft. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the, the team building aspect of the roster is changing because they have to pay their players. Now you have a lot of great players. That's a good problem to have. You're not going to be able to pay all of them, but you know, guys like Juan Thornhill who they drafted with the second round pick and immediately came in and was great. And, you know, full-time mm -hmm. starter before he got hurt. Um, I think we're going to see, you know, more and more of that, like maybe a little bit more of a focus on the defense in the draft, because when you draft the player, that means they're relatively cheap for four years, five years with the fifth round or with a first round pick with a fifth year option. So I think I, I would certainly don't have any problem with them going a little bit more defense heavy in the draft. But I think, you know, if you're, you're choosing which side of the ball to spend more money on, I do think it's the offense. Go score points. Yep. It helps. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's hit this uh, triple question that our guy, artist chief 4k at Corey 04. Corey, Hi, Corey. We appreciate all of your contributions to the pod up to date. Uh, he deserves to be able to ask us three questions. And he said, you first, he started with, you have to, you both have to replace your co-host forever with either A, Kevin Keatsman, okay. B, TJ Carpenter, okay. All right. or C, Brooke Pryor. Hmm. Failure to do so equals the Chiefs going 0-16 every season until the day you die. As a as quite the well, yeah. Takes. I mean, obvious, obviously, we're going to replace somebody. <laughs> uh, by and he said your mind by. is also wiped from Super Bowl 54 memories if you don't do it. So he this really is a, this is cruel. It is cruel. So we we got to do it. Um, I my answer Brooke Pryor without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, me too. Slam dunk answer here. Uh, I hate T.J. Carpenter and Kevin Keatsman so much. So 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 much that i mean i would it would be it would be it would have to be broke um i don't like how she handled the tyree kill situation at all i think that she deserved to be run out of town and but i mean she didn't get under my skin nearly as much as these other two clowns not even close yeah i mean she she was ostensibly trying to do her job and uh it seems like it was maybe more an issue of competence rather than, yeah. you know, outright malice. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, I, I would probably say Brooke too, but in the interest of having, you know, a lively <laughs> a show, show, I mean, you know, Keats, <laughs> Keats, uh, Keats brought in the rates. He, he brought in the ratings, man. You no, I mean, you know, I couldn't, but in a sense, like my whole life is conflict, right? Like if you guys <laughs> follow me on Twitter, you know, this is, this is what you get. I'm you out thrive there. On it. I'm out there smashing trolls every day. And I do it because number one, 
I really enjoy it. And <laughs> it keeps, it keeps me going. Do what you I love, just, man. Yeah. I, yeah, I do. And you know, it's a, uh, it's like, it's like exercise for me because I am a lawyer. I, I am, I'm in an adversarial system. Mm. And so, you know, if I'm out there making arguments and crushing clowns every day, you know, like that's what I do for a living. Now <laughs> it's nice to do a podcast with my friend and, you know, we don't have a lot of hot takes. I don't have to listen to just outrageous takes. I mean, especially right now, the stuff that Keatsman would be saying if he's on the air during Black Lives Matter and all that stuff, I shudder to think of what the bad. takes the takes would be. He occasionally drops a take out into Twitter and it makes its way into my feed. And he gets crushed. Because, yeah, and he gets crushed. Uh, TJ, to be honest with you, I haven't thought about TJ in a while. Yeah, um, nobody has. He's, he's definitely faded into irrelevance. Uh, but he does deserve a spot on the Chiefs Troll Hall of Fame mm-hmm. for his uh, Patrick Mahomes takes, you know, the most high school offense of all time. And, you know, he's going to throw 20 touchdowns and 15 picks and just all the goofy stuff that he says. He threatened to fight Tyree Kill. He did. And he said that he would beat Tyree Kill and that Tyree Kill would want none of him because he has arms like an orangutan. Jeez. He also said another time that people that want to fight people in public have very tiny penises. Right. So, I mean, he has said he, both of those statements. He has. And so, you know, I feel like he's kind of, he's kind of owned himself into irrelevance, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I could make, I could make do, but I am happy to have you as my podcast partner. I appreciate it. Uh, Sauced up sports recently referred to Austin as the Michael Jordan of chiefs Twitter. Thank so you, that Dave. Was, we appreciate that. That was great. Uh, if that's the case, then is Taylor the Scotty Pippen of Chiefs Twitter? Uh, also, fill out who else is the 98 Bulls player of Chiefs Twitter, who's Tony Kukoc, and et cetera. Honestly, Corey, I, I appreciate the question, and obviously I'm the Scotty Pippen of Chiefs Twitter. But obviously, I'm a little burned out on the 98 Bulls. I I, I don't know. We, we did the whole last dance stuff. It, it kind of feels – like it was months and months and months and months ago that people were talking about the Bulls, even though it was really not that long ago. A lot has happened. Um, this this would be like getting a Tiger question, Tiger King question these days. I'm I'm good. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on from the Bulls. Um, I will humor him because I love Corey. And yes, he deserves he deserves an answer. Show. He deserves an answer, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, he does. So what I think is funny about this is that you know, like uh, Chiefs Twitter, like every Twitter and like our society, just like everything else, is very. Uh, it's very clicky. So, you know, you got your, you got your arrowhead guys click, uh, shout out to them. Love those guys, mm-hmm. uh, Dave and Corey and, uh, Tony and all those guys. And you got your arrowhead pride guys, you know, um, Kent Swanson and, Pete. uh, yeah, Pete, all those guys. Um, and then you got, you know, kind of your, you know, we exist. Like I used to post uh, on all kinds of chiefs websites and everything like that. And I just kind of, I just kind of live on chiefs Twitter because I like <laughs> being able to interact with, uh, with all the different sects. Um, so it would almost be easier to put them into like teams. Right. But I don't know. It, it's, it's tough. It's a tough question to answer. I just want everybody to love each other and I want us all to be on the same team. And that's why I can't wait for football season. Cause then Man, it's going to be know, so fun we all get to be on the same side. We all get to be celebrating the champs together every week. And it's just, it it can't come back soon enough. I can't wait. Uh, And then his third and final question was the chiefs are guaranteed to win the next five Super Bowls If you eat Mahomes magic crunch and replacing the milk with Hunt's ketchup in a large bowl, three meals a day for an entire (laughs) year. Are you doing it? Uh, uh, Corey, I don't know if you've heard, 
but they are already guaranteed to win the next five yeah, without us sending ourselves to the hospital in order to see it. So, like, I get where you're coming from, but, like, I don't need magic for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I just need to sit back and watch it happen. This is going to be – you're going to look back on this question in five years when the Chiefs are six-time defending Super Bowl champs, and you're going to be mm. like, man, I can't believe someone might have eaten a bowl full of Mahomes Magic Crunch and ketchup for a year. Like, nah, man, this is – they're about to run this league. Yeah, I love Mahomes Magic Crunch, and I did eat it every morning, every Sunday before the game. I even took some with me, you know, the couple of times that I was, like, on the road or whatever. Take a little Ziploc baggie with me so I could ingest some. You know that we are not superstitious people. If you follow us on (laughs) Twitter. We are a little stitious. (laughs) If you listen to this podcast, we are a little stitious. But Taylor's got it exactly right. The Chiefs are going to win the next five Super Bowls anyway. And also, I feel like – if I ate Mahomes Magic Crunch and ketchup, the ketchup would be the the hard part. Every day, three meals a day for what, what was it? Five years? A year or for a year, year to get Still five not. years. Yeah. But I feel like That's if I did it for a year, bowls. I would be dead. Yeah, and then I wouldn't get to see the four Super Bowls come after that, or any of the ones that we went after that, because this right. isn't going to be over in five years. Right, we're we're going to be doing this thing for another fifteen, twenty years, yeah. and I want to be alive for all of those. So I would have to politely decline, even though I love ketchup and I love Mahomes Magic Crunch. Not together. With you, buddy. Appreciate that, Corey. Thank you as always for your questions, and you guys can check out uh, Corey's Twitter at Corey04. He does his own little mailbag every once in a while, gives us an update on what he's working on. He's got a cool little piece of art going up uh, that he's uh, kind of been updating us on. So definitely go give him a follow. We appreciate it, Corey. We've got one from Capri Sun fan account. Boy, <laughs> I love handle. Capri Sun too. <laughs> yeah, me delicious. too. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about man. Now I really need some Capri Sun, uh, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so this is from at Juicy Juicy Josh ninety seven through Black Magic. Brett Veach is able to get Mahomes to sign for only twenty million dollars a year, but you have to bring back both Bob Sutton and Orlando Scandrick. Is it worth it? <laughs> that is a fascinating question, and I think. Ah, gosh, I don't know. What do you think, Taylor? What, well, what, what do you think about this? I think that if the number It's a good was, question. This is If the number was $2 million a year, oh, and sure. you basically didn't have to worry about his contract at all, I would lean towards it being worth it. Uh, the Chiefs with Bob Sutton and Orlando Skandrick and Pat Mahomes on a cheap deal, as I mentioned earlier, were very, very, very close to a Super Bowl. Um, that being said, though, like the Chiefs are just still going to be really good when they pay Mahomes a ton. Like I know people are worried about it, but like they're going to get it figured out. This, this front office is they're they're miracle workers and they're going to pay Pat $50 million a year. And he's going to be, he's going to win a bunch of Super Bowls. So like, I truly believe in my heart of hearts that the chiefs are about to go on a run that even will make the Patriots dynasty, you know, pale in comparison. So uh, I know it's called always sunny and chiefs kingdom around here. And I, I really am a firm believer that the future is, as bright as a supernova for the chiefs. And no, I don't think Orlando Skandrick or Bob Sutton deserve to be a part of that. So bye Felicia. Yeah. I think you've convinced me. I think, um, (laughs) I I mean, it would be, it's going to be, that would be a significant discount. We're talking about, he might get $40 million a year. That would be, that would be pretty legit, but the problem with Bob Sutton is that 
even when he had a lot of good players, he like didn't do anything. He with didn't know what you to know, do. like yeah. I would rather have slightly less talent and mm-hmm. a much better coach, which we have now in Steve Spagnuolo. Like it's not even clear to me that there was more talent on the 2019 chiefs on defense than I there agree. was in 2018. The 2018 chiefs have plenty of talent on defense. I guess we should have asked juicy Josh. Do we have to hire Bob Sutton as defensive coordinator? Right. If he can wear the Casey Wolf <laughs> suit and do that and Orlando Skandrick, whatever, that's fine. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. he's basically never out of the league. We'd never play him. He'd be benched, Special you know, whatever. Teams. Like, we, we could get around that. There's a yep. loophole there. But the yep. Bob Sutton thing, that would be tough. I'm tempted to say, you know, just let him get paid. It, it's going to be fine. We're going to figure it out. It so is. this was actually a two-parter. He had mm-hmm. a second one. One defensive NFL player, think Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Nick Bosa, et cetera, is willing to take a massive pay cut and sign with the Chiefs. So don't worry about the cap. Who do you pick and why? I love Aaron Donald. That seems like the obvious choice. He's he's extremely good. Uh, Von Miller would be fun because he actually might take a massive pay cut and sign with the Chiefs. Someday. He loves Pat. Whenever he gets out of Denver, you know, so he can come hang out with Pat Mahomes. He does love mm-hmm. Pat. The young goat, he calls him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be somebody like Nick Bosa because Nick Bosa's already cheap. So I want somebody yeah. where I'm getting a lot of I'm getting a lot of mileage out of that discount. So probably about, would be Aaron Donald. How about Chris Jones? Sure. Yeah. Right? right. Why not? Like, yeah. I mean, one defensive player is willing to take a massive pay cut and sign with the chiefs. I have a yeah. great p- person in mind and it you is it. the second best defensive lineman in football, Chris Jones. Now, obviously if we could sign him and then get somebody like Aaron Donald on that line, I mean, that'd be fun. But um, I also think that a dominant secondary piece would be great. Uh, Patrick Peterson, Jalen Ramsey. Um, there are a lot of fun options here to just plug in an all-star at any position on the Chiefs defense. And even though we are fans of the current Chiefs defense, I mean, they brought everybody back and they're all good enough that they just are Super Bowl champs. So, like, there's not really a ton of needs there. But uh, you pick a superstar, just basically pluck anybody out. Uh, we could take, you know, Jamal Adams or uh, just, you know, a lot, lot, of, lot of fun, fun options there. But uh, I'd go with Chris Jones first. So our final question we saved you, Peter, for the last question because <laughs> you are always worthy of long discussion. Uh, how Number much... one in our hearts, save the best for last, etc. <laughs> exactly. Whatever platitude you want, Peter. Exactly. How much money would you pay slash humiliation would you endure to prevent someone from releasing your quarantine browsing history? And then he wants us to go ahead and please give an example of one internet rabbit hole you went down and the moment of realization or disgust when you realized where it had taken you. So I, um, when I enter internet rabbit holes, I tend to kind of know what I'm getting into. I never really find myself like, well, how did I, how did I stumble onto this hole? Like I, I pretty much am like, all right, I got to learn everything I want to know about X. And so I don't really have like a, like a moment of realization, but quarantine has, uh, I've re-familiarized myself uh, usually when I'm arguing with idiots online with insane topics like QAnon and flat earthers. Uh, I got dipped into a little bit more Scientology than I was used to earlier. Um, North Korea, when Kim Jong-un was on his deathbed, I read a ton Supposedly. about North Korea. Right. But now I mean, he's yeah, back. Who, who knows what happened there? Um, some 9-11 deniers and Raiders fans. Those are all equally insane in their own yeah, ways. Yeah, sure, and, right. They're I mean, just right a, up there. Equal, the Venn diagram is right? a circle. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So um, People that who was, believe Derek Carr is a good quarterback and also believe the earth is flat, they're, they're the same. And, and 9-11 was a conspiracy. Yep, they're the same same people. So, uh, Peter, I uh, 
don't really have like if someone looked at my browsing history and they were like, oh, this guy's like into QAnon and flat earth and stuff. I'm sure that would be embarrassing, but I just do it so I can troll people. So like, meh, don't really. Your care. browsing history definitely would be more embarrassing than mine. You're a, a single man living by himself, and I'm a married <laughs> man. Uh, but I, correct. I'm with you. I. I, I love going down internet rabbit holes and I love, I just like learning about stuff. So even if it's ridiculous stuff, I will say I, I'm not a huge fan of learning about things like QAnon and Flat Earth. Uh, as far as embarrassment and kind of realization, it's not so much articles because, you know, when I'm reading Wikipedia, it's sourced. So if there is a Wikipedia article on QAnon, which I'm sure there is, oh, yeah. it probably has... You know, I mean, it, it would be totally different from reading it straight from the source, I guess is what I'm saying. Yep. So for me, the moments of realization and regret are when I read comments mm. or when I read tweets. And I'll give you a fresh example from just the other day. The uh, NASCAR, NASCAR banned the Confederate flag. From their events. And they released a statement and they posted a tweet about it. And they said, this symbol has no place at our events with NASCAR and it will not be allowed in. And I read the comments and I, I, you always know what you're going to get into. Uh, like you said, I mean, it's hard to be su- truly genuinely surprised by anything you read on the internet in 2020. Yeah. Unless it's uh, like an intelligent conversation. And then you're yeah, like, what? True. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very true. That's very true. Uh, it's hard to be surprised in a bad way. Yeah. But that was uh, that was something that I regret doing. I always regret Dark reading place. the comments. And yet, my tragic flaw is that I cannot help myself from reading the comments. It's like and a so car wreck. You it's just, it's you exactly just like away. a car wreck. You're plugged into it. It's trending. And you're like, all right, well, I got to, I know I'm going to. I got to see gotta why the out. hashtag white lives matters is trending right now. Like I just got it. Even if it's, even if I know exactly why. Yeah. It's rough. Someday our conversations will again be replaced with talk of the chiefs. Until then we will be here to answer your questions. We will be here to crack jokes and bury other teams. We appreciate you all for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe check out our sponsor manscaped and we will see you all next week see ya